Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Introducing the s Podcast channel, your one-stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Welcome to episode 234 of the s and Podcast Show. Steven is here, Dan is here, Vin is here. What's going on, boys? Not much, not much. How's guy, how are you guys doing? It's the holiday season. Uh, Giants play in 15, 20 minutes against the Eagles, so we're trying to get this as quick as possible. Um, the Mets and Yankees are in full, uh, full off-season mode. We might have a very expensive pitcher for the Yankees coming up any day now. If all the sources are correct, might be three hundred million, but we'll get into that later. How are you guys doing tonight? <clears throat> I'm doing great. You mentioned holidays. The holidays are my favorite. At least Christmas is my favorite time of the year, so I'm enjoying myself. Got the lights going, got the tree up, and uh, well, a little uh, worried about the Green Bay Packers, but we can talk about that later. Uh, basically, like you said baseball all season coming up. Not like when I'm hearing about the Mets already, but things are changing soon. We got a 10-foot dead shark and a big blow-up gold poodle for $140 million. That's wait. how the team's coming out on the field for opening day, in the poodle. I mean, All right. I, if, if, I, if we're going to have like a sculpture, this guy's an archive, we're going to get a sculpture and send the field or something, I'm all done. I'm okay. I'm good. Uh, the, the Off-season acquisition, like, Marlin over- sculpture. Yeah. The best part is the ten million hundred no, not the ten million. The hundred thousand dollars to have Guy Fieri drive him around Connecticut and pre- basically do the triple D just by yeah. himself. He wants pretty to play boss him. move. That's it. He's all set. <laughs> pretty boss move right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm that rich, guy. You want to come for a hundred hundred K? All right, sign me up. <laughs> Did anybody think that was a little bit of a low ball offer? <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, I feel like yeah. Guy Fieri's got money. Like, Guy Fieri doesn't need, no offense, he doesn't need $100,000. But, like, I don't know. I guess he got paid $100,000 to do an episode of a show for not to be on TV, I guess. Maybe not. Yeah, I guess you gotta, I guess you gotta just take it. I expected the number to be a little higher. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I'm sure. He was just shocked that someone wants to do it with him. Right. In all like, fairness, all right. that was also pocket change for this guy. Well, yeah, nine point yeah. billion. <laughs> you know, can you imagine just waking up one day and just being like, "All right, here is a million dollars to wash my feet." I would do Scrooge McDuck uh, jumping into the pool of money every morning. Honestly, I feel like I would do that if I had like two million dollars. <laughs> like, I do that with ten dollars. I would. I would do that with a hundred thousand. I would do that with a hundred thousand dollars. I'd be swan diving into baby pools of money. <laughs> 
You, you like the cartoon with the guy in the hard dive jumping into the cup of water? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got a bunch of things to do tonight. We got snblog.com. We got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all other podcast apps. Check us out. Most importantly, let's take a little quick break and we'll come right back with the leadoff. Leading off. All right, tonight's leadoff. Since the MLB had some stirring news today that the Nike partnership started today, and there's been a stir in Mets Twitter to bring back the the famous black uniforms. Uh, Strollman's brought it up. Uh, P. Alonzo's brought it up on Twitter. And looking at the uh, jersey announcement, granted it wasn't a change in the jersey other than the Nike swoosh on the top. Um, if you go through the thread, literally almost everybody is like, where's the black jerseys? Where's the black jerseys? Where's the black jerseys? Where's the black jerseys? So on and so forth. So my question is to you guys, since we all, all three of us are diehard Mets fans, um, would you like to see the black jersey come back into a rotation? It has been probably 2013 or something along those lines, so... It would be interesting to see what the Mets will do with the alternative jersey. I per- personally like the blue ones, but if they were to bring back the black ones, I'm not going to be upset either way. I like the jerseys regardless. So um, what, what do you guys think about the black jerseys? I've always been a fan of them. Sorry, I had them on mute for some reason. And... I believe that they should bring them back. Vin brought up a good point last week about the reason we lost them was the black with the heat. But I think that at this point, they have the, that material where that doesn't even matter too much. And also, mm-hmm. if they do it correctly, you know, you, you wear them at night. You're not wearing them during the sunlight. You're not wearing, you know, it used to be the Sunday blacks. Now do, do like Friday nights. Literally right. wear them every and Friday I- night. And it's more of a the boomer generation, uh, like that doesn't like the black jerseys because we did grow up with them. So it's not a difference for us because whenever we watched the Mets growing up until like ninety nine, two thousand, and so forth, we've seen them play good and also unfortunately seen them play bad in these jerseys. So it it doesn't make a difference for me. It's like the resurgence with the Fisherman logo. The Islanders are finally bringing it back, not in games, but they've more made it more of a fashionable of a look because I saw it, they brought everything back into the team stores and everything like that. So I, I think with that, I, I think why not? I, what, what do you think, Vin? Yeah, so that's kind of where I was going to go with it. So before, Vin, real quick with the Islander thing, the reason they're doing that, it's because they're going to be coming up to the 50th anniversary soon of the team. And what all the teams have been doing since they're with Adidas is they're doing... Right? Adidas is still doing the jerseys, Ben? For hockey? Correct, yeah. All right, cool. Yes. What all the teams have been doing on like well, anniversary it's, it's years... Well, it's whatever. It's, uh, it's like a monthly throwback yeah. jersey. So, like, they'll do one right. month. Like, October will be the 72 decade. 70s, so they'll wear the orange lettering. You know, and they're going to end up doing a fisherman jersey. So Adidas is just basically trying to release as much as they can to make sure it's going to okay. generate profit for them to make that jersey again. It's Fanatics. I don't know if they're through Adidas, but it's like Fanatics makes well, the, 
Did yeah, you, it's, it's both of them. The uh, Adidas does the yeah. authentic stuff. Right, so right, right. It's both of them. Um, so, what's gone? Sorry about. Back to no, that. yeah. For the black jerseys, I I love the black jerseys. I mean, I have I think I have two or three of them from when we were you know I still I still have them from when we were kids, and you know I really enjoyed them. I also like I agree with you, Dan. I really like the blues when they came out with those. It was like they were the Los Mets jerseys at first, right? It was like a yeah, Friday yeah, night correct. thing yeah. that year. And I love this. The blue was awesome. I have a couple of those too. So I would do it more like a Friday night, like you said, Friday night, the blacks. Now, and that's what Al- that's what Alonzo said in his original tweet. Now, part of that I think might be the pitchers, because as we know, the pitchers pick the jerseys, and like historically, there have been guys who just hate the mm-hmm. jerseys, hate certain jerseys. Like Harvey only wore the blues. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't think Wheeler ever wore them or something like it was. I, I forget exactly which ones. But like we said, um, the point I wanted to bring up more is something you also mentioned with the Islanders bringing by the Fisherman logo. Maybe it's different with it, – I get that it would be different with older fans. I, I've said this before. I've really only, you know, been a, a big hockey fan since, like, 2005. Funny enough. So you, like, so you don't re- – so you have no recollection of the jersey line. Correct. I, 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 I know I know what they are, obviously. I've seen them, but I've never seen the Islanders on the ice in those jerseys. So to me, okay. that the pain of whatever happened and the horrible years that went we went through with those jerseys, I don't have. Uh-huh. I love the logo. The hat the, the one of the hats they came out with, it I mean it wasn't the fisherman logo, but it was the lighthouse logo. I like I yeah. might go buy it tomorrow. Like I thought it was an awesome logo. I like the color scheme and everything. I like the, like the teal that's in there. So I'd be 100% down for them to bring them, bring them back. My bigger question was, do you guys think that teams like think the way fans do with a, you know, we did bad in these jerseys, so we shouldn't bring them back kind of thing? Because that feels like the only pushback against these, the fishermen jerseys is that the team sucked at I don't think that's yeah, a problem. Yeah, I think it really ha- I don't think it's a problem. I don't because I don't think it's a problem too, but me I love this I love the fisherman jersey because that was the first jersey I watched the Islanders in. So I had birthday parties, I had pinatas, I had birthday cakes, I had everything with the fisherman logo. So <laughs> it was a really cool logo to me, granted they sucked, but I still had good memories of going to the Coliseum and watching them play. Those type of things, I, I, I do like them for those sentimental reasons. But the older generations, obviously, are a little upset and still, like, PTSD over them. But I think with the team better now, it's just going to boost the level of people like me and Steve's generation of and eventually never seeing them play, watching them on ice and liking them even more. And maybe we get more income through those those jerseys and hats and everything else. And maybe we bring that back instead of adding another third jersey instead of – I like the third jerseys now, but maybe you bring those back in in the rotation. But with the 50th anniversary coming up in two years, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they, they maneuver everything with that. So I'm, I'm all for it. I have I, – I mean, yeah – 
them stink in those jerseys, of course. But, like, I liked them growing up. I never had a problem. And when they brought them back a couple years ago, like, everybody was on board. And you know what? In all fairness, let's face facts, that it's a hipster thing. Like, that would have been the perfect Brooklyn logo if the Islanders had to change their logo. Oh, for sure. And, like... Personally, I... Yeah, go ahead. Finish. And they're, like... They're all just, like... All the players seem to like it, too. Like, you see players wearing the hats and stuff in the locker room, before games, practices, and all that stuff. So it's like, the players are liking it. Why wouldn't the fans like it? So it makes sense to bring it back. I also like the ones with the fisherman-style jersey with the regular Islander logo. That was them trying to please the fans. And I think it was kind of rushed, but I did like those as well. I know you still have your jersey, Steve, with uh, the Steve Webb one, but uh, I remember having a Kenny Austin one with that uh, jersey. So, I don't know. Either of those are cool. I don't know. I think the second one was more of appeasing fans of having a heart attack of having a new logo. But I do love the jersey concept with the teal and the blue and the white. I, I, I actually did like those, that jersey a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, like the the black, the first black jersey the Islanders had was is probably the only jersey that any of my teams have worn that I ever really hated. Like the black with like the orange and blue like sides, I I hated that jersey. The the Barclays black one they made isn't terrible. I mean, it's basically the Stadium Series jersey but black. Which was fine. I like the Stadium Series jersey, which is kind of like that Stadium Series, that logo, which is the third the third logo yeah. now. I like mm-hmm. that that logo. I but I I have no I wouldn't have no problem with them bringing them back. Like I said, I like the stuff, and I would probably. I mean, it would have to depend on what the contracts go. But like, I was looking at Ryan Pulak for my next jersey. I think I would get a Fisherman Ryan Pulak jersey if they brought them back. And Met jerseys, like the especially with the hats with the Mets too, like the black yeah, hat with the, the with the blue brim was my favorite hat. I still have one. So like I would wear that. I would you know probably get like a Pete Alonso jersey, a Jeff McNeil jersey, in like in black if they brought them back. And like we saw that with the the '86 jerseys. I know that's up for you know honoring a better time, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people bought those jerseys when they wore them for the Sunday games a few years ago. I mean, I got my Noah jersey with that on there. I mean, everybody's going to get a black jersey. Whether it's either a player now, a player back then, everybody's going to purchase those jerseys. And everybody, and they know that too. Well, I bought my Mitchell and that's Piazza jersey last offseason. And that's the black jersey, black batting practice jersey. So I'm already there. Right. The only person, honestly, that I've seen that's against the black jersey is Howie Rose. He's the only one that hates it. Well, I'm sure there's more people, but he's the only person that's been vocal about hating it, I think. Which, I, I mean, I guess he's an influential voice in that. Ben and I sat at a bar and put together a Mike Piazza World Series black jersey. I mean, that was that was, that was was times. That was magical. Did you ever buy that jersey? Yeah, I have it. Oh, do you? I didn't even wear it. I wore it for his night, but it's like heavy. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's like super heavy, right? Because it's not. Well, that is the other thing. Danny made the point that like the cool base material they have now. You could wear. I mean, 
you, I wouldn't make it a Sunday thing like they did with the 86 ones. I would make it a Friday night thing. Like, it's, it's going to be hot, but what's the difference? It's Friday night and whatever. Right, 100%. With that being said, let's take a break. We'll listen to a little more Division 1.1. We'll be right back. Drop your hands down and be a man. Stop pretending who you want to be. Hey. And welcome back to the S&D Podcast Show. Episode 234, right? Got the number right. Sometimes I get it wrong. Um... We're going to get into some football. We have tonight, as Danny mentioned earlier, the Giants are playing the return of Eli to uh, uh, play against the Eagles. Daniel Jones, what does he have, a high ankle sprain? Or just a regular ankle sprain? Eli tripped him on the way to practice one day. uh, All right, so high ankle sprain, that's probably the rest of the season. There's no point. Yeah, and uh, and pushing it, and you let Eli play. Although the only issue is that now Eli is under five hundred for his career, unless he goes to one. Which I have to point that out. I'm on. I go on Eli Crusade sometimes, and yeah, he would be the only Hall of Fame quarterback since the merger to be an under five hundred quarterback. Yeah. Um, Yet still make the Hall yeah, of Fame. T- yeah, you still make yeah. the Hall of Fame, which I'm, I'm admitting, but whatever. Um, it's See, obviously a big run. What do you guys think? You know, big uh, opportunity. What do you guys think? It, honestly, it's it's a team sport. Um, yeah, it's bittersweet that if Eli ends his career under 500. But for people that actually watched him week in, week out, and obviously his uh, Iron Man streak until McAdoo messed that up, it was impressive. And you can have, you see the teams that didn't have a quarterback the last 16 years, and they're still suffering. And you gotta, I just, you gotta give it up to Eli. And I know it's not the popular. saying for people to be like, oh, Eli, it's a hot take that he's not a Hall of Famer right now, especially on ESPN. So uh, it's definitely bittersweet. I would love to see Eli take care of the Eagles one last time, even though we haven't won first Philly since 2016. So let's see what happens in the remaining games. On whatever games he starts left, there's two home games left. So it'd be awesome to see Eli one last time. Um, I hope that Daniel Jones doesn't play for the rest of the year because of a high ankle strain. Let's get him healed up for next season. And he's done enough for me to be satisfied for him coming back next year and being a uh, respectable quarterback, hopefully. Um, uh, I was talking to a guy today at work, and he said there's nothing really worse than – Forcing a guy out of a career mm-hmm. is really what he, this guy said, and it's right. He's right, and he brought up a, a interesting story about Joe Morgan and how he was on the San Francisco Giants when he was 42 years old, and he said to the media after they released him, he said, this is probably the most disappointing thing ever. I wanted to go out on my own terms. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Eli. Um, at least he's getting this one last run. 
last couple of games to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Vince said, he probably will end up under 500 for his career, but when you look at it, you know, arguably minus win losses, the greatest giant quarterback. At least right, talked up there. At least. My opinion. If anything, I really blame uh, Jerry Reese and the brain trust of the Giants for drafting so poorly and bringing in the wrong players to fill the void of the last three to four, like six to seven years of us not making the playoffs. If we had the pieces around Eli, um, there's no reason why we couldn't have been a perennial team to be outside the bubble or making the playoffs yearly with the right talent around Eli. And we had our moments with the Beckham and everybody else with those types of situations. I think it had more so do with the Giants organization than just strictly on Eli Man. Yeah, he's not a perfect quarterback. There for us every single Sunday, win, lose, or draw. He's going to answer the media. He, he was what a professional athlete should be. No matter what the given situation is, he's going to be Eli. He, he, he is he, who he is who he is. So he's definitely going to be missed, and hopefully he plays well here on out, and let's see what happens. Hopefully they don't play too well because obviously right now we can definitely get a top three pick. Obviously we're sitting at number two at the moment. So it should be interesting to see what happens tonight in Philly. We know he's like 6-12, and 6-10 in Philly, so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, also, tonight, if the Giants do lose, this is the longest losing streak since 1976, I believe, um, they said on the fan today. So that's another, uh, uh, just another uh, to this uh, season. So we'll see what happens. Honestly, win or lose, I mean, the only the biggest problem this yeah, weekend is a, we rooted for the Jets to lose a game and they actually won. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Who would have thought so. that we would lose? We would want them to lose a game, and they actually ended up winning. Yeah, and that's going to transition yeah, us a little up. bit into the Jets here, who are going on this nice little run to end of the season, and things are starting to click. You know, with their offense, the defense is playing well. Adams was out yesterday, right? Correct, yeah. Okay, so he ended up missing, probably will miss the rest of the season. That just makes it seem like he can't really do anything. It sounds like he's got one of those high ankle sprains as well. Um, <clears throat> that'll be an interesting offseason for him and the team, I believe. Um, but are they ideally hurting themselves, the Jets? By winning? Um, or are they made like, okay, we have something here. Let's build on it. I think at, they're at that point. They won enough games in the middle of the season that they're in that, they're in that, that middle situation for it's like either way, it's like crap type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, and with Sam Darnold, I think playing well enough at times for them to be like, okay, we have something there. Um, it was more showing that they ran the ball a lot without Bell yesterday. 
It's just Gase maybe showing away that we don't actually need Le'Veon Bell, which is kind of comical. But they did try to run the ball a little bit more without Bell in the actual lineup, which was kind of frustrating if you were a Jeff fan. Like, why aren't you getting Bell the ball like 35 times a game? Kind of thing. So that's really more of the question of this Jets offseason is what are they going to do with Le'Veon Bell? Because obviously, Gase obviously didn't want him type of thing. So it's one of those weird things. Yeah, that's a, a tough situation. He obviously... They fired their GM after, you know, everything. So, mm-hmm. what players did the coach actually want? I mean, yeah, they. I guess they played well enough to win, but, like, if I would have told you going into the game they gave up, you know, seven scoring drives, I don't think you would have said, you know, they played well. But oh, they yeah, gave up seven field goals. <laughs> so, it was just yeah. like... I think you. I there's the Jets are in a weird spot where I don't think they should want to lose anymore. I think when you have the quarterback, you do. It's time to start growing a little bit, even if it takes you from the fourth pick till the ninth pick. I, I don't think that's a going to be a huge detriment if you choose the right people. I mean. They, regardless of who it is, they need to get him some weapons. So, mm-hmm. I, they're, I mean, there's a couple of rec- – I don't know if they're coming out, but both the Alabama receivers look really good from what I saw of them. I know they're – D.B. Lamb from Oklahoma. Right. So, there's like there will probably be a few options of guys they could pick. I, I think that would be the way they would go. Maybe they go offensive line. Usually a, there's a, a, you know, a multitude of those guys and they usually start going in that mid, you know, five, you know, six to ten range. So I, I don't think it's a detriment to them to win right now, especially against the Dolphins. You have to beat the Dolphins. Like, you're going to lose the rest of your games. You're playing Baltimore. You're playing New England. You're going to lose those games. They're going to, you know, be six and ten, whatever. It just You have to beat the Dolphins. Who else do they play? There's another game in there. There's there's three three games left. It's Baltimore, New England, and Miami again. I, they, no, I think Buffalo. No, again. Buffalo and in, in Buffalo. Yeah, so they're gonna lose all those games. Okay, because I know the Patriots and Buffalo play again too. So going into the weekend, right? Walter Football had the Jets picking. You know, it's coming up somewhere here. Nine taking Austin Jackson out of. USC offensive lineman. Okay, so that's like I said, that's probably they're going to be five and eleven, and that's where they're going to go with the pick. They're going to you know go go offensive line, and then maybe a weapon in the second round. I mean, they, like I said, they, I mean, they did better. I I need to pause. I'm sorry. Russ Johnson just scored a goal. I quit life. If you if you you you're that guy, the, that guy, if you're listening. <laughs> First line winger Ross Johnson just like and he didn't like score he sniped it. Go back to my jet point. Darnold needs some help. I think he's played well enough. Um, obviously like he needs to play better against the better teams. Like the you know he was not good against the Patriots. Um, he was pretty good against the Cowboys, although I guess they're not a good team anymore. I don't know. Huh. Jets. I I can never figure out. 
because I I have faith in Sam Darnold. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. But they just always seem to run themselves into the ground. And I just I need, to, need to get rid of this coach. I don't care what the record is. I, I'm going to say that the, the day I die, this is not the right coach. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But unfortunately, they've done enough with the situation for them to bring them back next year. Right. Um, I think that at the end of the day, they're going to sit Darnold down and say, yes or no. They're gonna give his opinion. They're gonna give their own opinion, and then they're gonna say, um, "Oh, Peyton! Peyton made the trip. Peyton makes everything. Peyton also works for ESPN. No, he doesn't. Son. Yes, he does. He's got the really? Peyton ESPN thing Plus. every week. Yeah, I, ESPN Plus. Oh, oh, okay. Giants deferred. What a shock. Um." I haven't watched Monday Night Football in since the Packers won. Honestly, it's just who even I calls hate, Monday Night Football? I hate Booger McFarland so goddamn much, and it's just not. Uh, most of the time, it's just not worth watching. Yeah, that's true. Ross Johnson scored a goal. I'm just going to bed. That's it. Ross All right. Well, good night. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I this day needs to be restarted. You can't go to sleep before we get our full opinions out about Stephen Cohen. Okay, fine. Let's take a break. All right. Welcome back to the SMD Podcast. You just listened to United We Brawl by Division 1.1. There's a savior in the Mets Mets organization, hopefully. Hopefully we don't really have to wait five years for it, but the Mets... um, one of the we've found out that Steve Cohen, a big hedge fund guy, it took majority stock of the New York Mets, and uh, the Wilpons do have five more years of being the majority owner and having say in certain things. But Mets fans everywhere rejoice with this news coming late Thursday night, or well, late afternoon Thursday, of the big news that the Mets were having a owner influx of uh, Steve Cohen with Wilpons. And Tiki Barber broke it the day before without actually saying what's really going on. So that was that was really cool to see, Tiki breaking Met news. So that was fun to see. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think of Steve Cohen? Hopefully he knows what's going on with the Mets. He seems to be a Met fan. And whatever money he gives us, hopefully he's not cheap about it and we spend it wisely. Basically, that's the only things we can hope for with the new ownership. So, the Tiki thing first, starting quick with the Tiki thing, that was funny because it was was, was like, the way he said it, he was like, he knows some people who know some people who said things are being, you know, people are being uh, vetted or something. And I was like, that doesn't like it, it sounds crazy because he's coming from Tiki, but like he is sort of in the media now, so I guess it's not you know impossible, but whatever. Yeah. And then the tweet comes out from Ken Rosenthal that he's this guy Steve that Steve Cohen's upping his investment and the Wilpons are on for the next five years. And in my head, I'm like, I like I, I tweeted it and I said to you guys, is this only five years, or is it at least five years, or like? And now we've got more clarification that it, it could only be 
the rest of the season, maybe. Even though All they'll right, be, cool. you know, in 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 figureheads for the next, they'll be figureheads for the next five years. I don't think they're going to be in charge very uh, very much longer. Um, we've learned a lot since Thursday. One which I I, I find it, found interesting. I guess it makes sense, but I found it interesting that these reports have been confirmed. I didn't, I, you know, it, it's weird that negotiations to sell a team are something that both sides confirmed. He alerted his hedge fund people, and the Mets released a statement that they're negotiating to, you know, sell this majority piece. And then... Yeah, and... Well, there was an article yesterday that said that they've been losing, like, $60 million a year for the past three years or something like that, and that there is an amount of debt that baseball allows you to have. Which obviously makes uh-huh. complete sense. It's not something I ever thought about because you just assume these people are making money off these things. But you know, it seems like that's when they're going to eventually get them. And oh, we Tom. thought, yeah, we thought they were just being cheap. I thought they were just being cheap. When you think about and you look at their net worth, it says whatever the internet says, five hundred million dollars. That's some change, but like. Expecting somebody whose net worth is five hundred million dollars, expecting half of that to be payroll, is not a realistic thing. It, now you know, looking back, so I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm excited. I, it's probably going to take a year or two for this to really show any effects on the field or, you know, in the clubhouse. So, I, I, I don't know. Is he going to invite us over to watch games? I mean, he should. Like. Road game like at Steve Cohen's. <laughs> I like to meet the show. Viewing parties, um, Steve Cohen's house. <laughs> Steve Cohen's like, I mean, we'll, I'm, so I'm sure we show the pictures. Steve Cohen's house is like Fire Island. Like he, he <laughs> might is. as well live. It is. It Fire basically Island. is. Yeah. <laughs> and he lives I'm, like near us. Well, he grew up in. He lives in Greenwich. Well, he's. He lives in Greenwich now in one of his billion houses. Right, but he grew up in, like, um, Forest Hills, was it? No. Glen Cove, I think it was? Something like that. I forgot where it was. Um, the other, I guess, side piece, not side piece, but, you know, other thing is you would think, if anything, if it is this five-year window that is, you know, that's, you know, for us, worst-case scenario, the Wilpons are actually in charge and, and in control for the next five years. You would think they would want to make a push. You would think they would infuse a little money or, you know, infuse some uh, some commitment. But I don't know if you you guys saw this yet. I, they Brody Wagon just ha- had his... I guess you could call it winter meeting introductory press conference. Um, he had it was a little media scrum over, and he answered every question they asked about the roster with "We're looking to add depth, basically depth starting pitching, depth bullpen pieces, depth in field pieces." So it's going to be the same exact roster, maybe one more, you know, probably one more relief pitcher that, to go with the fact they re-signed Brad Brock, and it's going to be basically the same team with a worse fifth starter. And you know nothing's going to change. So Ross Johnson, this, number five starter. Over. No one yet. Basically, <laughs> it's going to be Rick Porcello, 
or Wade Miley or whatever. Or, you know, maybe Seth Lugo. And then they're going to sign a early pitcher who isn't as good as Seth Lugo. And then you just made your team worse. I mean, it, what they're doing on the field makes absolutely no sense. So that I, I hope and pray that this is just a one-year thing with them. And that the sale goes through and that, you know, things change. Get rid of these, you know, basically hit the reset button. Get rid of the GM. I mean, see how the manager goes. I I, I like Carlos, so he'll, he, he could stick around. We'll see how he does. But get rid of the general manager. Get an actual general manager. I, so from what I, I hear, this old- guy's been around for a couple of years. Cohen, right? Yeah, right. He has been yeah. one of yeah. the only. Okay. He's like a- and apparently he has a very good relationship with people like Omar Minaya. So there you go. Your GM's waiting. For them to just say, Brody, you're out. I, I hope not. Yeah, of course we hope not. But we're going to have a Spanish general manager and a Spanish team with one white, with Jeff McNeil as the white guy. What about Pete? Well, what about Pete? Or Pete. Or Mike. Only one. Just like when David was on the team. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I... <laughs> You hope it doesn't happen. The the whole idea behind the hedge fund is you invest in companies that are already running their business the way they run their business. Well, so, the Mets are not running their business the way they're supposed to run their business. So. Right. So, <laughs> but you, the I would assume he would get a to, for lack of a better term, Lou Lamarillo figure to run. There's the, the answer. Right. You want it to be literally Lou. I'm okay with. I mean, I'm not okay with it. I actually don't, I'm not a huge fan of what's going on with Lou right now. I feel like he hasn't done anything. Well, but, he's sleeping. Leave him alone. Get, he froze him. Uh, He's like seventy eight years old. If it's <laughs> if he wants to go get I don't know, there is no really thing. Go get Theo. The, what what is Theo doing? There, he he wants to get much, out of Chicago, he, doesn't he? Can't he can't be much he loves projects. Right. And he wants to get out of Chicago. They're gonna trade Chris Bryant. So yeah, sure. Go do that. Listen, he loves like, projects. I, he loves teams that are cursed and haven't won in years. Right. That's what we need. <laughs> this is only good news, the Mets selling the team. But for the time being, it's going to be frustrating because there's just business as usual and nothing's going to change and we're building a, you know, a maybe playoff team. You know, I said this to my dad when they announced that the Wolpons were going to keep for five years. And it was similar to when Charles Wang sold the team, but he kept the rights for two years. He kept the, the head of the team mm-hmm. for two years, right? And when you look back at that, why would he keep it for two years? Why? Finally, you're at the Coliseum money and first year in Brooklyn money. Right. Not only did he get first year park money. That's the only reason he kept Right. Not only did he keep first year in Brooklyn money, he won a playoff series in Brooklyn money before Ledecky took over. So this gives the Wilpons Jacob and Pete still on the team for the next five years. Pete's got five more years of control and Jake's got five years left on his contract. Well, okay, let's collect, collect the money off of them. I, I That's don't know. why they're keeping the five years. Why else? Yeah, but the, I, what else? I, Listen. I don't know. But what? if we have to, we're going to have to just waste another year of hoping. I, if, like, next year, a lot of money comes off the book. But they're just not going to be willing to spend any money now knowing that next year, you know, their their payroll will balance out. All right. Um with that being said, 
Well, we wait for them not to do anything for the roster itself, and the Yankees assigned Garrett Cole. Strasburg got paid a couple dollars today. Um, good for him. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever. So we kind of expected him to stay in Washington. Yeah, I think after Harper not going back, they had to keep one of their first first overall draft picks. Um, yeah, but where does this leave? Where does this leave Rendon though? Like, that's not a that's not uh-huh. an organization that could pay both of them. Oh yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Apparently, he's getting a lot of traction in Philly. They're saying Philly is going all in again this year. There, I heard Didi, I heard Rendon's name, I heard a few other things going on. So, it's going to be interesting that, to see. That's because they brought in a manager who was learned, who was taught in the Bronx to just go out there, spend money, mm-hmm. and win. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that's what they're going to do. They're going to go spend money, I mean, and they're going to try and win. That seems like um, Garrett Cole's inevitable at this point. Um, I, Should have went I for the don't. Head. I don't know about Philly and Rendon, but I also I also haven't heard anybody else's name. You know, the team names involved. I haven't even like really said, heard Rendon's name either. Yeah, like we said, I mean, that's just on Shrapnel, right, right. and they had said he was the only one. They had basically said they were going to pick one. So, you know. He's the one, and Rendon's probably out for them. Um, I hope he doesn't go to Philly, but... What can Rendon really get on the market as a third baseman? A 30-year-old third baseman. You're not getting seven years out of a a 30-year-old third baseman. Uh, You might get five. Right. But is he willing to take five? Well, I I think of it the same kind of way I look, I look at Jake's contract. Jake got a five-year extension for whatever, you know, money it was. And, and he's 30 or he's, you know, late 29, whatever. So it, I, I, it's probably the same thing. But also, um, free agency and everything's going a lot faster. I mean... Last year, uh, Patrick Corbin signed pretty quick, and that was it. But now, you know, we got all these guys going. Like I said before, the Cubs may trade Chris Bryant, so that kind of could affect whatever market uh, he has. Uh, Mookie Betts could get traded, so that, again, he's not a third baseman, but it still could affect the position player market. It's... um, Right, that's another name that you got to start thinking about. Where is Mookie going? What's Mo- what's going on in Boston? What is what are they doing with with bets? Do they do they look to trade him? Do they? It's going to be an interesting week at, at meetings because the past couple of year winter meetings meant absolutely nothing. Yeah, last year nothing like nothing we spent happened. All three days talking about JT Realmundo and nothing actually happened. Right, and how he was going to be a Met. Right. The Mets was, I mean, that would have been such a mistake. Because, like, when he pitches, yeah, when he good. catches Zach Wheeler's perfect game at City Field, you'll look back and say, I wish we had that catcher. No. Yep. <laughs> yes. 
All right, so the Islanders are I finally like, back. To I Earth. like Zach Wheeler, but I don't know if Zach Wheeler is going to be that. You know, I don't think he's a, mil- a million, a hundred million dollar guy. No, I don't either. Um, with that being said, the Islanders are finally back down to earth. Somewhere. It was only a matter of time, unfortunately. Steven Stamkos is still good at hockey, but Ross Johnson's better. Yeah, I, they weren't gonna. You know, the, the streak ended, and then they, they got cold. Eighty-five games at home. Anyway. They also like have just been the problem for me. Is they're just struggling on the road, which in hockey terms to me means your your roster has a problem, and when you're at home, you can line match better, and when you're on the road, you can't. So like that's where I'm at right now. I know they're good. I know they're probably good enough to make the playoffs. I don't know how much better they are than just making the playoffs. My my opinion on the road thing is there hasn't been that many road games. Right, but like they had a whole West Coast swing, and it's something that they just, they're they're I mean, evening out now. They're evening out the home and the road right around now. They're playing a lot of road right, games right now. It's not even about winning or losing necessarily as much. I mean, at this point, obviously you want to win, whatever. They're not looking good. Like, they look like crap in apparent. I mean, we didn't really watch a game against Dallas, but it sounded like they looked like crap. And in all the West Coast games, they looked okay in the first one, but the other two against bad teams, they looked like crap. So, like, they're, I, I trust the coach, obviously, so he has to make some adjustments or whatever, but the, the, my biggest thing with them last year was they never really got blown out. They never really looked really bad. Obviously, everybody has good games and bad games, but they were in pretty much every game. They're getting kind of blown out sometimes now, and it's a little more concerning. And it's coming down to, again, they don't have enough offense. And as much as we laugh about Ross Johnson on the first line, and you know he's trying to spread guys out, whatever, you just paid Jordan Everly $5.5 million for the next six or seven years, whatever it was, five years, yeah, and he's playing enough. on the third line. And, has and he's got two goals playing on the third line. Like, I don't know. People on the screen never saw that commercial before. Um, so, like, even before Ross, like, this is kind of before Ross Johnson was on the first line, but you had your first line, you had your second line, and then your third line was Leo Komarov, Ross Johnson, and Jordan Everly. That's not the best way to use your new $5.5 million winger. Like, well, not new, but, you know, we saw it. The guy's going to be here for a while. This is a guy you need to get going. Can we talk about it's how just, T-Bone was doing the talking and not Panette? I had absolutely no idea that T-Bone was in a commercial. That was the first time I'd ever seen that commercial. And I just tried to keep talking about Jordan Everly, and it didn't work. Because <laughs> I was just dumbfounded by the fact T-Bone was in a commercial. Dan, you're not watching the game. I know you're watching the Giant game. But T-Bone was in a commercial, and it just threw me the fuck off. I'm sorry. Huh. Well, cool for T-Bone. I'm going back. Well, the Giants, the Giants made a nice uh, fourth down Recovered stop fumble, right? on fourth and one. Yeah. Or oh, they just stopped them. It was fourth down. Oh, okay. It was a stop. Got it. Jalen Mills has yeah. green hair. Okay, great. This he's, is always had, he's called the Green Green Goblin. Okay, right? well, he then he then he's, half his face gets blown off and he dies. No offense, but that's just what happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the point of the everybody's favorite point in the show when we just talk about what we're watching on television. Much well, more. Oh, 
Saquon. Okay, there's a hole. Back. <laughs> it's much more entertaining during baseball season. Oh, there's nothing better <laughs> there's than no, the draft. Yeah. Our draft show is pretty entertaining too. Well, I mean, then we cut that part. The infamous draft yeah, part. Yeah, I, I didn't know uh, Frank Milikina was uh, black. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the NFL draft, but okay, boys. No, the NBA draft. I was, I'll never forget that. I wasn't even on the show, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> it was us and, and Diamond, so. Right, it was Justin. Was or, or, yeah, Justin. Yeah, yeah right. Justin. Jared's the writer. Yeah, he's the writer. All right, boys, anything uh, else? The Rangers are playing well for a young team, too, by the way. Just to throw that out there. Yeah, they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be. They, they I think they would be uh, bad. They're playing. Five nothing. Right, they beat the uh, Golden Knights. Um, and I watched the first period, and they were getting outplayed, and they found ways to score two goals, and then took it from there. And uh, Gorgiev has been playing really well lately as well. So oh, Jesus. it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, uh, it's always going to be so. interesting. So... Uh-huh. With that being said, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, all other podcast apps, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, snblog.com. Anything else, boys? Nope. Have a good one, and talk to you soon. Put your hands on me, Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty.